Blackout Theater Company, yet to be named. Hopefully, by the time this goes out, we'll have a name and you'll see it on the screen. But <laughs> as we're recording, we have not named it yet. So you know the name of the podcast. We do not know the name of the podcast. Which is exciting. Good for you for knowing more than we do. But I am JD Otska. And I am Andy Shrey. And this is going to be a podcast about disability and the various things in life that come with having disability or being around disability. In this first episode, we would just kind of like to introduce ourselves, introduce what makes us disabled, and kind of just have a discussion of what disability is to us. So that in future episodes, you could know what our views are. (laughs) We're here to tell you our views. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll talk about disability and how that affects life and art and all of our individual experiences. And we hope that you learn some stuff and that we learn some stuff. According to a study done in 2016, one in four U.S. adults have some form of a disability. And I think that's a lot. Does that sound like a lot that to you? That does sound like a lot. The number is definitely higher than I thought. Yeah. So I guess we should start by talking about what's wrong with us. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Why don't you go first? Okay. So my disability is epilepsy. I developed epilepsy when I was 24. An epileptic seizure is defined as an excess of electrical activity in the brain. So the chemicals that go back and forth between the neurons in your brain freak out and they just send a whole bunch of shit. They just send it all through at the same time and then your body goes, please don't do that. (laughs) And that's, uh, that's what epileptic seizures are. I have what are called, they were called simple partial seizures, and now they're called focal aware seizures, which just means there are two different genres of seizures that you can have. One of them is like full-on, grand mal, generalized, the ones you see on TV, and then the other kind is what I have, where it manifests less extremely, but in different ways. And the aware part of that means that I am awake for it, I'm conscious for it. I know what's happening. I am invited to that party. So that's the kind of epilepsy that I have. There are so many different kinds of seizures. All seizures are different. Every person has a different experience with their seizures. Mine manifest as um, crying, uncontrollable weeping, sometimes uncontrollable laughter. I'll like drool all over myself. I'll get really weak. It's hard to pick things up. It's hard to move. And that'll last for usually a couple of minutes and then I'll come out of it and I'll just be really tired, really foggy. I'll have difficulty doing doing anything for the rest of the day after I have seizures like that. Additionally, I did develop another condition called PNES, which I think is funny because it sounds like penis. (laughs) (laughs) It stands for psychogenic non-epileptic seizures. So those seizures are just shaking around, rocking and rolling, good times. We love them. (laughs) And those ones, those ones suck. And they happen sort of if I get too overwhelmed with things, I can have those where my brain can't process what's going on around me. So my body and my mind just freak out. And then afterward, I'm better. Just kidding. But afterward, (laughs) it should be done. That should be the end of that. So those are my two companion disabilities. And that's what is wrong. 
My disability is dwarfism. That's my main disability. I have the most common form, which is called achondroplasia. And I feel dwarfism is pretty well known in today's society. But for those of you that don't know, achondroplasia is a type of short-limbed dwarfism, which means that the longer bones in the body don't grow to the full length. Like my legs and my arms are shorter. Areas of my spine are a little bit shorter. And just have short stature. Also, because of uh, my dwarfism, there has been other health stuff that has arisen. Like, for the majority of my life, I've had to have several spine surgeries because the bones in the vertebrae squeeze on the spinal cord, and so it causes a lot of issues with walking and functioning in that kind of way, and then I have to have surgery to relieve the pressure, and things like that. <laughs> During the last spine surgery I had, I have since lost the ability to support my own weight uh, on my feet. So like I still have sensation and movement in my legs but I'm just not able to stand or walk on them and so now I'm in a wheelchair full time. That's led to an interesting situation where I have I was born with dwarfism, so I've been disabled my whole life, but then I also developed a disability that caused, like, a secondary disability later in life. So I kind of have had both. Like you were saying, Andy, yours mm -hmm. developed when you were 24. Right. So I think that's an important thing to point out is that there's different types of disability. There's lifelong disability, and then there's also disability that develops later on in life. I like to call that surprise disability. Yeah, because <laughs> typically it is a surprise. Yeah, it was for me. Uh, sometimes you can know because sometimes it's genetic space. But even then, you don't always know. You just suspect like, yeah, maybe mm -hmm. it's something this could happen. I guess that covers everything for me. Why don't we segue into talking about what disability means to us, what it means to be disabled, and what it means to live with a disability. I'm gonna look up the definition of disability. Can I read that? Yes, you can. Okay. According to the Americans with Disability Act website, the ADA defines a person with a disability as a person who has a physical or mental impairment that substantially limits one or more major life activity. How do you feel about that definition, JD? I, I like it and I don't like it because I feel like a lot of reason that people are so vague, official people, like law making people are so vague is to try and allow as many people to fall under a certain category as possible. Because mm -hmm. um, when you make it more specific, that it limits who qualifies. But then also when you're vague, it's just like, I don't know, it's frustrating. <laughs> Andy had read me that definition earlier, and I also find a big problem with the word substantial, because that is such a vague adjective, and I don't like it. And I also feel there are plenty of people who are, are disabled, but not quote-unquote substantially disabled. But but that doesn't mean that their disability is any less significant. <laughs> yeah, the word substantial kind of makes it feel like they're ranking how yeah. disabled you are. If it's not this amount of substantial, you're not disabled enough to mm -hmm. be considered disabled. Like in the first Americans with Disability Act, epilepsy wasn't included. It wasn't substantial enough in that way. And it wasn't until the early 2000s that it was adapted to be included as a disability. And I know that there were other disabilities that were brought in as recognized by the government at that time as well, but I'm selfish and I don't know which ones they are. So I, I apologize. <laughs> I don't either, so you're fine. I've had the same experience too, with, even with the 
dwarfism like before I started having the mobility issues back when my disability was simply being short statured um <laughs> I, I would come across people who would just be like oh so you're a little bit short that's not that big an issue and it's like no it really is but <laughs> so yeah it's interesting to see how other people try to diminish your experience yeah yeah I have a question yeah how disabled do you think you are? How would, uh, you, how would you explain that? That is a good question. Um, no, it's a big one. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's one of the things that's interesting about having a lifelong disability. Mm-hmm. I feel like my view on being disabled is swayed because of that, because I've never known anything else. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to say like, oh yeah, I remember back when I was taller. And <laughs> now I realize how hard it is to be shorter because I never had any to compare it to it's harder to know how I feel about it does that make sense yeah I think so yeah so I raised the same question to you I think well okay I have an invisible disability I believe that's what they're yeah so you can't visible or right so you can't look at me and say oh that's a disabled person that's that's not gonna happen but if you saw me having a seizure or if you saw me in the hours following having a seizure then you could realize that I am disabled so it would be easy to say oh I'm not that disabled but it completely affects all the decisions that I make in my life and Mm -hmm. my day to day and And there's also the question of when I first got sick, I had to take medicine four times a day. I had to take two different medications four times a day, every day. It was really time consuming and invasive to everything that I spent my time doing. And now I don't have to do that anymore. I'm down to one medication. I only take it twice a day. So does that make me less disabled now that I'm less substantially affected? It's hard to say. And it's really hard to rank it, to put it on a scale because our lives are all still, I could say, negatively affected by our mere physical presence. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of to what degree mm-hmm. you would define that. It really is a spectrum. It's funny to me because you come across people who are also disabled, but they have a different kind of disability than you. Even if it's the same type of disability, it manifests for them in a different way. To be honest, it's hard to not feel feel jealous or a little jaded towards someone that has had a luckier experience than you like Mm -hmm. with dwarfism not everybody ends up having the mobility issues that i've had and so it's kind of if you come across someone else who has achondroplasia but they function just fine they've never had the surgeries there's always a small part of you that kind of feels a little jealous (laughs) in a weird way yeah have you ever had that experience with your disability well yeah i can't go to raves (laughs) (laughs) because of all the flashing lights you don't even think about it I don't even think yeah. about flashing lights. Nobody thinks about flashing lights, but even if pictures move too quickly, that's it's the same kind of effect for me. So it's really easy to like, oh, well, I can't go to this concert because everybody else there doesn't mind these flashing lights, but I can't even see them. I have to cover my eyes and get out of the room. But in the grand scheme of things, like how big of a deal is that? It's not that big of a deal until it's happening and you have to like leave a space or turn a movie off. It's those little things like, oh, you get to do this one thing that I can't do. And that's when it's like, it's really easy to be jealous mm-hmm. of other people. It's really easy to feel a little bitter about it. And then you just have to try and remind yourself that feeling that way is not going to help you. Yeah, Feeling that way, it's just going to make you more and more angry and, and discontent in your life. <laughs> the final answer. <laughs> Are you ever left 
feeling badly like you are the one at fault when you are put in a situation for something you can't do absolutely absolutely like i'll have seizures at work sometimes and i have an incredibly supportive system a great boss who will really like look out for me but at the same time if i'm working hard and then i have a seizure in the middle of the day like this happened to me on thursday i had a seizure and i had to go home and i just cried for like 45 minutes because i thought everybody hates me i can't even do my job i'm such a loser i'm so incompetent and then it's like barney my partner had to keep reminding me like people don't hate you because you're sick they don't look at it that way but i look at it sometimes when i'm feeling down as like an assessment of my value as a person Mm -hmm. which is nonsense (laughs) it's absolute nonsense being sick doesn't make you a worse person but sometimes it feels like you're holding everybody back i've had many of the same experiences different but along the same lanes I think a big thing to know going forward with this and with us is that we are speaking from our own experiences. We'll do our research, we will make sure our facts are correct, especially if we are going to be talking about stuff that we don't personally experience. Mm -hmm. We are speaking from our own view. I don't want anyone to view this podcast as a be-all, end-all Bible of disability. We are not professionals. (laughs) Yes. It's just two guys. (laughs) Absolutely no one views us as professionals. Oh, okay. So the way that people with disabilities are referred to and the way that their conditions are referred to is like a really complicated topic that we should get into at some point. I prefer as a person with epilepsy to be referred to as a person with epilepsy or a person who has epilepsy rather than an epileptic. I'm not particularly (laughs) fond of being an epileptic person. (laughs) I enjoy person first terminology, nomenclature, phrasing, Mm -hmm. person first. Terminology. Terminology. Okay. I'm a little bit of the opposite, actually. I prefer... Well, it's not necessarily that I prefer disability first language. I don't even know if that's the correct... I I know person first is the correct terminology, but I don't know if disability first is the opposite of that. But (laughs) whatever the case, if I say I'm a disabled person and someone says, no, you're a person with disability, that drives me insane, to be honest. Um, Don't tell me what I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We're two people who are disabled and we Mm -hmm. have different views on that. That doesn't mean one view is correct and the other is wrong. Like, I don't feel any response to the fact that you feel opposite to me right. on that. But the important thing is recognizing what the person wants and recognizing how the person feels right. and asking that person how they would like to be talked to rather than making assumptions or doing what you feel is right, I think is the takeaway. Yeah, I think disability right now is like the next frontier. We worked on race representation and sex and sexuality and gender and I think that disability is the next thing the next hot thing is mm-hmm. being disabled you can see it like in TV ads I was watching football on Christmas and there was this ad that had all kinds of people in it and there were like disabled people in it and I was like this is so awesome and actually it brought tears to my eyes it was just fantastic I was like we're doing it it's happening and then the next commercial was a car ad that started with flashing lights <laughs> and I was like oh come on such a hard thanks right for here. undoing it <laughs> I've had that experience too, and there is a, I believe it's a Target ad mm-hmm. that has, or no, it's a PetSmart ad that has a woman with achondroplasia, and she's a PetSmart employee, and she appears in a commercial. She's appeared in a couple of them. I don't know if society has just made me jaded or something, but whenever I see those commercials, I was like, why is she in this commercial? Because, <laughs> like, I was like, why is she here? Because, like, part of me feels like there needs to be a reason. She's just trying to sell pet supplies, <laughs> JD. Like, <laughs> she's just living her life, and I'm like, why? Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Every disabled community, the communities around like individual disabilities and disability groups all have different ways they prefer to mm-hmm. refer to themselves. And then also the individuals within those systems have ways they refer to themselves. So I think it is probably good practice to maybe ask, yeah. how would you like to be referred to? Mm-hmm. I think I've done that with, with you before. Yeah, you have. You definitely have. There is a lot of different terms. There's people of short stature, little people, dwarfs. Typically, I like dwarfs, but I always pronounce it wrong, so I say little people. I, I emphasize the wrong word. But I mean, the wrong letter. Is it uh, V or F? Dwarfs or dwarves? Does I believe know? the plural is dwarves with a V. Okay. But the singular is with an F. Like scarves. I don't know for sure, so don't quote me on that at all. But um, little people is probably the most common vernacular used in fact the biggest organization to support people with dwarfism is the lpa which stands for little people of america i just do what i would want done to me which is exactly the wrong thing to do (laughs) but like no i know how i feel about this and it's not that i assume that the other person feels the same way that i do or that i think they should feel the same way that i do Mm -hmm. it's more this is what i'm comfortable with so i want to extend that comfort to you rather than recognizing that they're comfort might be something different right and if they do correct me i always i do recognize it from there but of course where i struggle is the initial Mm -hmm. approach (laughs) and it is it is so uncomfortable talking to somebody about their disability especially Mm -hmm. if you just met somebody you don't know them that well like can be really uncomfortable for people right off the bat oh hey what's up what are you (laughs) like what's wrong with you tell me all about it because that's uh not any other business Mm -hmm. also so it's like a it's none of your business but b i would like to be referred to correctly Okay, so I have seizures. I don't like it when they're referred to as events. Yeah. And I particularly do not like it when they're referred to as fits. But the only way to know that is for someone to say the wrong thing and then have to say the right thing. That's one thing that's a common occurrence for people with disability is that you live by correcting people. (laughs) Yes. Which kind of sucks. All the time. Because <laughs> people just don't know. There's yeah. so many types of disabilities. Like, mm-hmm. I honestly, if you said, here, talk about this disability that's not literally my own, I would be firing blind. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Was that was that offensive to say, like, firing blind? No. I think you're good. Well, and that's like another thing is how would I know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to do it. I want to say the right things. I want to do it right. But sometimes you have to get more experience with people and then figure out mm-hmm. how they feel. And I don't want to offend anyone. Just, I don't always know. We don't always know. Yeah. We're not always exposed to everything. We can't always say the right thing. And I wish we could. I'm a socially anxious person as it is. And so when I get into those situations, I typically spiral um, <laughs> where I'll say something and I'll be like, oh shit, was that the correct thing to say? I'm like, I'm so sorry. They're like, you're fine. (laughs) It's a difficult path to navigate, but it's an important one. So It is. It is an important one. It's so uncomfortable talking about disability. People like freak out when they first hear about it. You can see them shut down. I think people experience fear and then disgust and then pity. I think that's, is that the order? (laughs) That's the order I've come across. Right? You you see a disability, you hear a disability, and first you go, oh my god, that's terrifying. And then you go, oh, I would just absolutely kill myself if I had that disability. (laughs) And then you just like feel bad for the person. I think that's how most people who aren't exposed to people with disabilities react in instinctively and it's uncomfortable it is it really is (laughs) for me my response to pity or to concern when someone's like is it hard for you when such a such a thing happens i'm like no and then like i just go inward i'm like should it be (laughs) like (laughs) like am i weird for not being bothered by that (laughs) it's a weird way to live 
<laughs> yeah. Can you imagine having to just explain that you're okay? Mm-hmm. To make other people, you have to make other people feel comfortable that, that you're okay all the time. <laughs> all yep. the time. And I imagine that having a visible disability, it's more of a challenge. I would say the most unique and difficult part of having a visible disability is other people's reactions to it. And more so other people not knowing how to react to it properly. Um, because uh, when I was younger, this doesn't happen as much now, and I'm not sure if it's because I'm older or if it's because the amount of exposure to people with dwarfism has increased or what, but when I was younger, I would get kids staring at me almost constantly. But now it seems to happen less. Maybe I notice it less or maybe it actually does happen less. But I would say the aspect of it that bothered me more so than the staring itself is the reaction of parents to it. Because parents would often like grab their kid and like yank them and turn them around or they would like yell at the kid and stuff. And like just... uh, don't stare. Yeah. Or I, uh, one I saw a lot was putting your hand on the kid's head and turning it. Um, oh my I'm God. like, one, I'm like, that's dangerous. And two, <laughs> it gives the impression to the kid that there is something wrong with me and I yeah. should be ignored. Of course, staring isn't great. But it's usually done just because the kid is curious and because I recognize that I am not something they see every day. What I would prefer to have happen is to have the parent be like, if you have any curiosities or something, you should go talk to him. And by the way, that is not me giving anyone a pass to just walk up to little people. Please don't do that because (laughs) um, I might be unique in saying this. It's not that I want to constantly be approached by strangers and have them talk to me about my (laughs) disability, but I would rather have that happen than have it be treated as a taboo that should be ignored yeah or avoided well thank you for joining us today <laughs> this was our first episode we we're figuring it out maybe you learned something i know that i did <laughs> um we'll be back again for another episode at some time in the future thanks so much and have a great day have a great disabled day <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening that's andy and jd signing out <laughs> bye take the stairs in case of fire <laughs>